listeners, it's Samir here. You're about to listen to part two of our discussion with Howard Tam about the City of Toronto Web Revitalization Project. If you haven't heard part one yet, check out yesterday's episode and you'll be able to hear where we got to and how we got to this place. Thanks and enjoy. And our facilitators, our facilitators said this and some of the organizers, like what we're seeing today is just a small percentage of the whole web revitalization project. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, that's where I got scared because at the end of the day, at the end of our session, Howard, do you remember when they said that the new Toronto.ca website was going to be launched? Yeah, you, 2017, right? 2017. Yeah. It was like two years from now. And I'm, I'm going out of my mind here. It's like all of this content that you're asking us from a UX perspective, they're asking us questions about social media and things along those lines. Like two years from now, they're going to be completely irrelevant. Like look how, right. how fast Snapchat came on board yeah. and Instagram. So I got concerned real fast. Mm-hmm. It's, it's worth noting that, though, these kinds of projects take time. I mean, obviously, we, we'd like to see them come immediately. And perhaps I'm playing devil's advocate or perhaps advocating for the city a little bit. But there is a process of we need to get as much feedback as we can. Um, and maybe it's more conceptual and user feedback and not directly on what the exact tools and what the exact design is in order to create something that's valuable and resonant with our citizens. So maybe they need that amount of time just to be able to to collect that information. That said, 2017 does feel like a long time away. So my question is, if you had to revitalize the city of Toronto's web presence, what, what are the kinds of things that you would like to see, um, acknowledging that you're coming from a certain kind of bias in this? You want well, to go first, Howard? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, w- I was just going to say, well, I think um, I think part of the, the way you look at the problem, though, is that, I mean, websites and web technology changes so quickly, like you said, that I think it's pointless to really actually sit around and go, oh, let's get everybody's opinion first, you know, round out those opinions, you know, aggregate them, summarize them, and then we'll come up with a design plan, and then we'll go out to a requirements phase, and then we'll go out and figure out what the website looks like, and then that's two years down the road. Um, I, I would think that it might be uh, more prudent to sort of do a lot of sort of iterative experimentation. Um, and, and I know that like this, this is, this is scary probably for city bureaucrats to think about, <laughs> but, but really I think like in the, in the world of, of design and the world of innovation, we talk about these things all the time, right? Which is that, you know, failure is not a bad thing, right? You can actually just put some features out there and just see if people end up using them. Make sure you have lots of adequate space, uh, and, um, an opportunity for feedback and make sure it's very prominent so people know that they can always give feedback on the website. Um, and then you just keep designing it so that it actually meets, meets expectations going in. Uh, and the thing is, is that, you know, with such an approach, I think over time, you'd be able to uh, develop something a lot better. Uh, and you also don't have to do all these massive consultations and pay everybody $20 just for coming. Um, it would be, I think, something that, uh, you know, would be, I think, a lot more productive um, and would also meet the needs of the fast-changing landscape of... Uh, uh, of the uh, of the of the web sector, really, right? Of technology, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think that's and and you know what? That that's why I love having Samir as a co-host for the Open Government Podcast because I'm a very emotional guy, and sometimes my my mouth speaks faster than I'm thinking. I, I have zero perspective on something like this. this. Is the first time I've been involved on something this focused. On something this massive, being the Toronto.ca website and all the services provided 
from the city of Toronto. But I, I got to say that I am intrigued now. Like this is something I'm going to keep an eye on because I think what Samir, you were trying to say a bit earlier is that it would have helped. And I think you said at the beginning as well, that it would help to have contacts, have transparency in the, like, look at all the elements. What else are they doing to be, to, to, to do this web revitalization project? You know, we probably represent a very small percentage, as I was saying earlier, and maybe that's why I feel so strange about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know I'm going to keep an eye on it a little bit closer uh, for a number of reasons, simply because I feel engaged because I'm part of the conversation, whether or not I feel as though it was a valuable conversation. And I just want the best thing to happen. So, so before we wrap up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys a couple of things to respond to. So if you have pen and paper, get ready. <laughs> the first is, uh, can you tell us, A, what were maybe the one or two things that you took out of yesterday's session that, uh, that resonated with you? Uh, the next question is, what are one or two things you would change for future section, uh, sessions? And the final question is, if you were to embark on this from scratch, what would you recommend to the people that are in charge of this web revitalization to make sure they keep in mind. And maybe we can start with Richard. I'm going to keep it simple. Uh, the thing that I, that I took away is that the city of Toronto is taking this seriously. That, that's the one thing that I definitely got out of it is that they're committed to changing Toronto.ca website and, and creating something great. Uh, that is a, is a good sentiment to see in, right now coming from the city. Uh, what I would do in the future differently, once again, this is, you know, my two cents, is really what Howard said, you know, adopt an iteration process and how to do this whole thing. You know, you know, take little bites here and there and build from that point forward. And uh, what was the third question? Sorry, Samir. The third question was if you were if you were able to start all over again and oh, start all said, over again. said, hey, we're going to revitalize the City of Toronto website, what's the first few things you would do? Uh, I, I don't know because unfortunately uh, I, I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to this. All I can share are my thoughts on the experience. There are much. Well, let me ask you that question, and then, then we'll go over to Howard, Samir. Based on what you heard from me and Howard just a few moments ago, and the fact that you've been involved in these consultations with the World Bank, with this, the province of Ontario, with a whole bunch of with Mars, how? Would you do anything different? Like, is this par for the course? <laughs> um, you know, it really depends on, on, on context. And I think w- where I would start looking at is what, what I would do differently is be very clear about this project from the start and be transparent about it, saying, hey, we acknowledge that our website doesn't need, meet the needs of everyone because the needs change all the time and web technologies and web services are changing. So we need to keep on top of this thing. So as part of that, we are going to reach out to a bunch of you and this is the process we're going to go through. The process ends in 2017, if that's the date that they've identified. And I would say, this is the process end date. This is the process, all the steps. Tell us where we're missing in the process first. And that's what I would do first. Now, I'm not saying they didn't do that. Maybe they did, and I missed it. Um, But it's that kind of setting of expectations and setting of parameters. So that whenever someone comes in into one slice of the process, they're still aware of the larger piece that they play in that context. And that way, 
A, first of all, you don't get people saying, why is this taking so long? But you also get people saying, oh, why, why does this feel so small? Or why are they asking me these questions specifically and not others? Because it gives them a flavor that they are, they are you know, one ingredient in this larger pot. And that's where I would have started from. And again, they may have done that. And the city of Toronto does some excellent work um, in outreach. Uh, and maybe, maybe some of us just missed that. But that's how I would have started that approach. But Howard, maybe, maybe you can kind of chime in on some of that as well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, just to sort of get back to some of your questions here, I mean, like sort of key takeaways, like sort of like Richard, I, I mean, I'm glad to see the um, the city is actually looking at this from a very user centric perspective. That is very important. Uh, I think that um, being able to actually understand uh, where uh, the users are coming from and be able to redesign your website to really meet those needs makes so much sense. I mean, uh, I think too, far too often, uh, you know, we, we look at websites as just information portals, uh, but they actually are more than that. They're, they're actually um, spaces where, where people are actually interacting with you. Uh, in, a, in a virtual in a virtual space, and we need to be able to, I think, uh, uh, come up with um, you know user friendly designs that really match what uh, what people are trying to look for. Um, in terms of like the sessions themselves, uh, what well, one interesting thing actually, uh, I just uh, as you as you as you guys were talking, I remember um, uh, throughout the sessions, uh, throughout the questions actually yesterday, um, you might you might remember this, Richard, is that um, the they used the word ideation a few times. Yeah. It came up on a couple of the slides, and uh, they said, you know, when we have our uh, breakout group discussions, this is an ideation thing, right? Like it was in brackets, kind of. And um, and I remember thinking to myself, oh, great, this is an opportunity to like do some co-design, right? Like like ideation, like an ideation process, right? But then when you looked at the questions, they were pointed at very specific sort of what do you think type questions. Yeah. So it didn't really actually get to the ideation in terms of like what's the what's the idea here. Um, and so sort of like thinking back on that, it's like, you know, uh, I guess it's like your piece about expectations, I think, I think Samir is, is important because, um, you're, you're talking to diverse different communities and maybe ideation means different things to different people. Um, but being able to be clear and not just necessarily use a buzzword or tie it into something that you might think is just sounds kind of cool at that time is very important, I think. Um, and being able to actually capture all of that, uh, in a way that uh, people understand, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, and so, you know, uh, for me, like that, that, that was something actually that I, I felt was a little bit, uh, a little bit odd and, um, wasn't exactly in, in keeping with my expectations. Um, and, uh, in terms of, I guess, just, you know, starting a process again, like I, I would go back to that piece about iteration. I, I think that's just so, so valid and important. And also like focusing on specific, like what, if you were to do the consultations again, focusing on specific, like have sessions specifically focused on specific features. Because for example, the, the search function came up yeah. numerous times. People were saying, you know, how the search function doesn't work for them. I wish you would tie it to Google somehow. I wish there was a way we could uh, do smarter searches, you know, and on and on and on. And, and I think like having, having focus sessions just on specific features would make so much sense because that way you could actually spend so much time to dive deep into that, actually understand what users are doing, actually understand what they're looking for, then go out, figure it out, design it, put it up, test it out, and say, what do you guys think of this? Does this make sense now? You start using it. Yeah, it kind of meets my needs, right? Give feedback, iterate on that, and then move on to the next section, which might be, you know, the overall look and topography of the website. Uh, and then another section might be on, uh, you know, the, uh, the city council minutes, how to present them in a bit more of an effective way, whatever the case may be, right? So I think there's, a, there's definitely a, a value in doing that sort of segmented approach instead of this sort of like scattered approach where there's like a million different uh, uh, topics to discuss and uh, not everyone in the room may have necessarily used all of those features at once. And so the opinions might be varied in terms of the uh, experience level. And, and you know what? And that's why I want to go back to Samir for a moment here. And I think he's right. 
if if I knew at what point of this web re- revitalization they're in, because it felt as though we were just coming in for the first time ever and being asked to change the website, just us. While if we knew the whole picture of where they stand, we would be we would have a better understanding of what our role was. And I think that's that's where I was concerned is you're asking me things that I don't feel I have an expertise on. And and I think if I had better understanding of that, of what they wanted from me, especially in the context of where they're currently at for the revitalization, then I would have felt much more comfortable. But yeah. maybe I'm just talking out of my yin-yang, <laughs> no. too. Well, those are some great <laughs> ideas. And, and I, you know, I, I'm loath to wrap this up because I think there's some good conversation happening. But I want to leave with one question since this is, you know, a podcast where we kind of want to incent and inspire action. Now that the people that are listening to this know that there is this web revitalization project underway, what can we as a community of engaged Torontonians do especially those that aren't necessarily involved in being in these consultations or weren't invited or don't actually have an in with the city, what should we be doing as a community to start thinking about these kinds of things, influencing these things? Uh, you know, an example I think of is how Transit Camp, one of the first Transit Camps, came up with the idea of the ride planner and these kinds of things, and the, the, the TTC was able to start thinking about that. What should we be doing as a community to help with this project? I think... The thing I'm going to do, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast, is I think the rest of Toronto should know that there's a web revitalization taking place. You know, people need to, there needs to be better marketing when it comes to these kinds of things. If you you want to engage the community at large, just putting like a tweet out there or like a, a, a message inside buried deep in a newsletter, that just won't do, right? So I'm going to try my best to get more Torontonians involved in this conversation. Like, did you know that there's a revitalization coming with Toronto.ca? And just sort of try and pique those interests as best I can. Yeah, and I, and I would say also um, this whole idea of like figuring out how to tie it back to uh, how people experience the website on a day-to-day basis and how that actually impacts your life on a day-to-day basis as a, as a motivation also to get involved. Um, just to give an example, actually, uh, that's somewhat related, but a bit different. Um, so the city, for example, is also doing another uh, process right now called the Ward Boundary Review, uh, which sounds totally esoteric, and most people probably couldn't really give a crap about it. And it's actually, I would say that's actually true, because I attended one of the consultations a few weeks ago uh, up in North Toronto near Young and Eglinton. And I remember the, the gentleman in the room saying, wow. Today, we actually have like 20 people here. This is the largest audience we've had in like three months. <laughs> I thought that was actually quite sad. Right? <laughs> that, that, I mean, like, but that, that, that's really what it came down to, right? And actually, one of, the, one, of the, uh, one, of, one of the participants in the room at the end actually made that comment. He said, well, I mean, this is actually really important, right? Because, you know, the ward boundary review actually affects the composition of city council, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if we draw the board boundaries in different ways, like say, for example, you know, uh, if city council wanted to be very malicious about it and they started gerrymandering all of our wards, right? It's quite possible we could have a very different looking city council that's focused on very specific types of uh, political ideologies and, and issues. Um, and so, but the point is, is that that boundary review is important, right? As a result of that. And those things do actually impact on your everyday life in a very direct way. But when you term it as a, it's a ward boundary review and we're going to meet at a, at a library at 7 o'clock on Tuesday uh, evening, 
it doesn't actually really like excite people about it, right? You have to really talk about it in, in terms of the messaging of how does, how does it actually impact your lives? Well, the ward boundary impacts who your counselor is, which impacts who, what decisions they make at city council, right? So talking about it sort of in those frames, like sort of actually make, connecting the dots and, and helping, uh, helping the general public who are very busy already uh, sort of see what the implications are. And, and at this point, I'd like to sort of turn the question back to Samir, because Samir always plays the cool, calm individual, <laughs> the voice of reason, the devil's advocate. But I also like to hear a lot about what his perspective is, because he is so cool and calm. What would you do going forward with this, knowing that you know this, this web revitalization, Samir? Well, so to be honest, the first time I heard about it was actually yesterday when you were tweeting about it. So thank you for alerting me about this, which is great. Uh, and Howard, uh, you know, meeting at a library at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday evening is actually a description of my life right now. So, it's, uh, <laughs> um, it's, so I, you know, I'm all in for that. But so why weren't you there? Why weren't you there? <laughs> Uh, in all honesty, uh, I think I think that one of the best things we can do as a community, now that we know that this is happening, is to show and not tell. And I think we get really caught up in this idea of uh, you should do this, you should do that. This, you know, this is how it should be done. Instead of saying, let us help you do it. And so maybe now that we know that there's certain things that people are. Uh, thinking about inside the city, maybe what we can do is start saying, well, this is the kind of service I would like from Toronto.ca, or this is the kind of user flow that I would like from Toronto.ca, or even this is how I think it should look in order to reflect what Toronto is. And whether that's in a prototype or a mock-up or a use case flow or a user study or a narrative, is to take these kinds of things, say, listen, we have skilled people in the community, people who are UX designers, people who are anthropologists, people who are graphic designers, people who are um, concerned citizens, all of these people to say, okay, this is how I would do it, or this is some ways I would think of exploring it. So instead of saying, please do this, you say, this is how I would do it. I think that's really valuable for the city to hear because it's not just people saying, do it, do it, do it. It's, I want to help you do it, and this is how I think it can be done, and here's some ideas. And I, I will put a call out there that if someone comes up with these fun ideas to say, this is, this is a prototype, or this is a design, or this is a you know, mock-up, something interesting, um, I'm, you know, contact me, svast.marsdd.com, and give me a shout, and I'm uh, committed to at least helping get that to an audience that will look at that. So let me know, and I think as long as we can show and not just tell, I think the community can have some really good uh, impact and influence in this process. I love it. Guerrilla Web Revitalization Consultation for the City of Toronto. I love, I love it too. And actually, to your point, Samir, about the transit camp, I mean, why don't we do a Toronto website transit camp, right? Or transit ca or camp, sorry. Uh, I think it would be kind of interesting to see what ideas people would come up with and, and give those ideas back to the city in, in the form of uh, drawings and sketches. And, you know, here's a list of ideas that we came up with. Definitely. Well, I hope someone listening to that uh, takes, <laughs> takes us up on that offer. So, <laughs> All right. So thank you so much, Howard, for joining us today and, and providing your perspective on, uh, on the revitalization and, and allowing me to run my mouth as per usual. Um, so if, you have any, if, if anyone has any questions about today's episode or about the Open Government Podcast, you know, don't hesitate to send us a tweet with the hashtag OGTPod. I can be personally reached at Richard Pietro. I'm at Vasta. And Howard, you are uh, what on Twitter? Uh, oh, I'm at HTAMTO, uh, H-T-A-M-T-O. Perfect. And thanks again to Keith McDonald and the band Cheryl's Crush for providing the intro and outro music for the podcast. 
And until next time, I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasta. Thanks for listening.